0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today, we're going to be talking NBA, and you know what? I'll be honest, I haven't been able to do as much research into the NBA this year, but realistically, even with all the preseason games, I have a pretty good feel for these rosters, and... I can honestly say, because today we're going to go over the Eastern Conference, hopefully I'll be able to get to the Western Conference as well this week, but the truth of the matter is the Eastern Conference is one of the most boring (laughs) situations imaginable this year because of the Kevin Durant injury. If Kevin Durant was healthy in playing for the Nets, this becomes a far more interesting debate as to how everything's going to break down because obviously he's out for the season uh, by and large, and it's just going to be Kyrie being a weirdo by himself. The Nets will be entertaining for reasons other than basketball <laughs> related uh, purposes, but uh, let's get right down to it with uh, my projections for these teams and, you know, just going through what I think is going to happen the most interesting uh, parallel is going to be what the breakdown ends up being between the actual teams tanking for the overall number one pick because there's no Zion Williamson, but there will absolutely be more tanking on the forecast for a number of teams. So uh, I'm going to get right down to it to the three teams that will be competing. For the overall number one pick this year. I don't think it's going to be anyone from the West involved. I mean, even though the Grizzlies aren't going to be great. I just, I look at the Grizzlies uh, with uh, John Morant. I think they'll win enough games and they'll get close enough to 30 wins that, uh, you know, Maybe, and maybe uh, maybe they'll even sneak just over 30 wins. I, I don't know. I think that's being a little bit too optimistic. But, you know, I, I just look at it as a case where too many teams in the West are going to win just enough games to be out of the running for the overall number one pick. And I just think that between the Cavs, the Hornets, and yes, my New York Knicks. Those three teams are going to be battling out for the overall number one pick this year, and I think they're all going to be in the neighborhood of 25 wins. Uh, I, you know, based on just looking at the rosters and then predicting how much these teams are going to lose and then proceed to start trading players, this this screams a three-team race for the bottom and the machinations that will be involved with these teams tanking and they could say whatever they want i mean between the various uh uh, uh governing bodies of the nba making cases that there's not going to be tanking th- there will absolutely be tanking going on uh there's no question about that uh here here's uh uh he, and he, here's the bottom line about it too the truth of the matter is there are so many bad teams in the league right now they're, they they don't even have to deliberately try to tank that's because that's how off some of these teams truly are but uh yeah let's let's uh let's get uh, just to it with uh the overall predictions because Washington Projected win total for uh, Vegas uh, sports uh, betting purposes. Washington uh, over-under is at 27 wins. The Knicks over-under for wins is at 26. Chicago, way too high of an over-under. They're at 30, 33 and a half. That's definitely an under. Uh, you got uh, Cleveland at 24 and a half and yeah, they could easily be under that. I just think that being, I I just think that there are too many opportunities to uh, try to go under twenty four wins. The East is so bad that there are enough teams that they can get wins off of, and the same applies for uh, Charlotte. They're objectively, on paper, the worst team in the league. I, I don't think there's any question without Kimba Walker. I mean, MJ is trying to tank for that overall number one pick. So while Charlotte doesn't even have to try, their roster speaks for itself about as to how bad it is. The The question is, is that, you know, just looking at these teams, I, I just think that they're all in that 24 to 25 mix. I, I've, you know, outside of... Uh, and, and again, the Knicks could be dumb enough that they push really hard uh, and uh, tr- try to go for it. The reason being is the reason why I think the Knicks don't e- uh, even hit the over on 26 uh, or 27 wins this year is the fact that they have so many players playing the exact same position. When you draft Julius Randle and you draft Bobby Portis and you draft Markeith Morris, all playing the same position. Those guys are going to be fighting for minutes all year long, and eventually they're going to get sick of each other. They, you know, they could say whatever they want. When you bring enough combustible personalities of that nature into a locker room, it's going to breed dysfunction. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Knicks are going to have locker room drama this year, and, you know, <laughs> the, it, it, it should at least be a somewhat entertaining year for um, uh, uh, the NBA beat writers uh, for the Knicks, provided that you know they're not banned from MSG at some point. Now, in the case of some of these other teams, again, Charlotte's just terrible. The Cavs are terrible, and are also proactively trying to tank. So, again, from a roster standpoint, the Cavs are under no pretense to actually try to succeed. Uh, if they could get rid of Kevin Love, they would, but you know, he's basically resigned to just sell tickets. And if some team is actually dumb enough to trade for him at this point, uh, so be it. But I, I highly doubt that's actually going to happen. Um, so that brings us to the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks play absolutely Zero defense. Trey Young and John Collins are entertaining. You know, it's nice to see Vince Young still helping out the youngsters. It, it'd be nicer if Vince Young was ever a defensive stalwart, so he could teach uh, some of these younger players to actually play defense on this team. But, uh, yeah, the, the Hawks will score a bunch of points. They will give up even more points. And, yeah, with... A regular season win total of thir- under 33 and a half. That is easily one of my bets for the year. Uh, Hawks definitely. I'm not even sure the Hawks break 30 wins this year. I- I'd be very surprised. They play no defense at all. Their personnel is mismatched all the time. Trey Young is the most exploitable guard in the backcourt. A, from a defensive perspective. Other than Steph Curry. Uh, you know. There really isn't that much to say you can like about the Hawks, except that, yeah, I guess they have a more upward-trending future than a team like the Wizards, but other than that, I, I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you, folks, uh... The East is bad at the bottom. <laughs> it's like uh, there's there's no nice way of putting it. There are a bunch of really crappy teams. Uh, next up, the Wizards, and honestly, the the Bulls very well could be behind the Wizards this year. Although the Wizards remain so objectively bad, uh, John Wall may never come back to play basketball in uh, in the city of Washington, even. If John Wall gets back healthy, as much of an albatross that contract is in the NBA, and even uh, there's talk that John Wall is trying to, uh, Adidas is trying to buy out John Wall's shoe contract. When you're getting bought out of a shoe contract, you know things have gone from bad to worse. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those situations where, uh, from the perspective of looking at, that Wizards roster, I mean, Bradley Beal is going to put up numbers and that's about it. I, I, you know, it's just one of those cases where Bradley Beal is just going to waste the, the majority of his prime on a franchise that is going absolutely nowhere. He'll, he's going to collect a nice paycheck though. Uh, I mean, with that extension, uh, he. You know, he is officially the man, and he doesn't have to deal with John Wall, who's still injured. uh, And doesn't look like he's coming back ever. Uh, But, you know, there's nothing to talk about with the Wizards other than they suck. (laughs) Uh, Next, you know, I don't know which order I want to go in, because they could easily flip-flop in terms of uh, positioning. But... uh, You know, as sad as it sounds, uh, you know, with uh, these teams, like, these are the teams that are going to be competing with the Nets for the final playoff spot in the East. I told you, folks, the East is really bad at the bottom. Like, Kyrie should still make the playoffs, even if he alienates his entire uh, uh, set of teammates. In less than a year, which is entirely possible if you're being honest with yourselves and knowing Kyrie's history. So, the Bulls and the Pistons, I know folks have projected Detroit to make a run based off of how they ended the regular season last year, but I got the, I got the Pistons under 37 wins. Uh, the over-under for Vegas is 37 and a half. I, I have the Pistons at 36 wins. I think the Bulls could be even worse than that. Uh, you know, in terms of win totals, uh, like they had the Bulls at thirty-three and a half uh, according to Vegas. I think the Bulls could be right there with the Wizards, way under. I I, I took the under on the Bulls and I took the under on the pi- uh, Pistons. Pistons could end up burning me, uh, to be honest, though, because the East is so bad that the Pistons can if they can get their act together and just focus on getting wins off of the bottom of the East, the Pistons could actually make the playoffs this year on the grounds alone. Like between the Nets and the Pistons, the focus needs to be on just feasting on the bottom of the East and you can make the playoffs. Not not that making the playoffs is in the East should be that lofty of a goal, but realistically there's not much forward movement for some of these teams, uh, in the case of the bulls, Jim Boylan got brought back as head coach in a move that I thought was mind blowing because of Jim Boylan's tendency of alienating his entire player uh, roster in less than two months. Uh, you know, they're in the honeymoon phase, but I could easily see the bulls imploding by, uh, end of November and then you're heading into December wondering if Jim Boylan's on the hot seat, which, to be honest, the only reason why the Bulls didn't consider making ho- coaching change is that they didn't want to have to pay Jim Boylan after they gave him an extension, which, why did they give him an extension? I don't know. Jerry Reinsdorf is not only a cheap owner, he also makes very puzzling personnel decisions on the fly. Great way of running a business, I guess, uh, if you're a billionaire. But if you're a sports fan, it it is uh, inherently aggravating. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I got the Bulls definitely on the outside looking in. Uh, but between the Pistons and the Nets, they're going to be battling out for the 8th seed in the East. Again, not exactly a lofty goal, but it is what it is in terms of uh, some of these teams. Uh, the magic, I mean, I don't even like the magic, <laughs> but I have to put the magic in somewhere and the East is so not that good at the bottom. Oh my God. I'm so glad I started off with the NBA preview with the East instead of like, uh, cause man, it is depressing looking at the East. I'm sorry. Uh, the Magic made no noticeable improvements at all to their roster, but should still be somewhere near 500 and make the playoffs just because of the fact that, uh, you know, the East at the bottom got worse somehow. Uh, I'm actually going to give the Nets the slight edge. And so basically, if we're, we're breaking it down, I think I got the Magic at... 39 wins and I got the Nets at 40 wins and that's good enough to make, uh, make the playoffs in the East this year. As sad as it sounds <laughs> like, uh, I, I kind of forgot about the magic to be honest, but even with not making any improvements, there's still a better, uh, team with, uh, Vucevic and Aaron Gordon than the vast majority of these teams in the East not that it's really saying much cuz it's not it's just the fact that the east is really bad really lack of of, of uh depth at the bottom of the eastern conference all right uh yeah next up Kyrie in the nets here's going to be the most interesting team in the eastern conference this year that won't actually do anything remotely interesting from a basketball perspective how will Kyrie Irving without KD, and basically running a team, respond. Here's what I predict. Kyrie will be Kyrie. He's going to make a bunch of outlandish statements to the media. The media is going to run with it. Kyrie will complain that he's misunderstood. And this will all go down before we even get to mid-November. There's going to be a Kyrie flare-up with the media At various points during the season, where the beat writers are going to be wondering, what is going on with this dude? Sports Talk Radio is going to be trashing Kyrie Irving. It it, it will happen multiple points during the year, because the Knicks are going to be boring, and people are going to say, well, shouldn't the Nets actually be at least... Somewhat competitive in the East to take uh, some uh, attention away from the Knicks, and the Nets won't have the wins to justify it. It's going to be a year where Kyrie Irving is going to get second-guessed left and right without KD around, and because the Nets' core did get disrupted with uh, uh, a couple of guys leaving, uh, uh, leaving the roster to fit in Kyrie, you know... It's not the same roster as last year, and yes, Karis LeVert is a very good player, but the Nets as a whole—they're basically built for having Kyrie Irving uh, on that roster. I, I mean, you know, yeah, you got uh, you got Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan is literally there to steal money. (laughs) It's like he he might as well wear a ski mask, uh, because I see nothing that, uh, DeAndre Jordan brings to the table other than being a body to bring in when Jared Allen racks up a bunch of fouls. uh, You know, there are just too many things I see going on with, uh, the nets where I don't think they have nearly as much flexibility as people Project them to have, and I think it's going to be a struggle for the Nets to make the playoffs. Just being perfectly honest, I don't think uh, it's a case where they're going to be uh, they're they're going to be uh, ones that we're really paying attention to from a basketball sense. I think it's just more of a function of yeah, they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs, but that's about it. Moving on, we've got. The Miami Heat and Jimmy Buckets. Listen, Jimmy's going to get a bunch of the headlines for the Heat as, you know, hey, you should because he's he's finally going to be the man on a team again, uh, which hasn't happened since the the Pacers days. Uh, But, I mean, uh, I'm saying Pacers, I mean the Bulls days. Uh, But here's the thing. If I'm being honest here, Miami... Even with Adebayo, Bam Adebayo, playing well this year, which is my expectation, you know, Eric Spolster is a good coach. The ceiling for this team is about 44 wins. Is that better, good enough to uh, uh, beat out the Pacers? Yeah, it could, but, you know, it's really going to be more uh, jockeying for position to see uh, which team can get the 5C in these? Because I don't think uh, it's a case of uh, them being winning more than 43-44 uh, games. Uh, uh, just looking at the Vegas total, I think it's spot on with 43.5 as the over-under. Uh, I wouldn't touch that line at all just because that's where they are, basically. Um, it's just not it's not one I really want to dabble in. I mean, the only line, like I said, uh, that I, I have full confidence in, uh, in talking with the Nets uh, before is taking the under on the Nets win total because there's no way I see the Nets winning 44 games this year. So I'm definitely under on the Nets win total there. For the Heat, that line is spot on. I'm staying away from it. Uh, Indy. Uh, So the Pacers are at uh, an over-under total of 46.5. Could they win that amount? Yes. Do I think they will? No. But it's close enough that I actually want to stay away from it. To me, it really comes down to how well do the Raptors and Celtics play. If the Raptors and Celtics play to their expectation level, the Pacers can't get to that uh, point. Um You know, the Raptors and Celtics both can win 47, 48 games this year. I don't think the Pacers can. Uh, The Pacers would need for the Celtics or the Raptors to get injuries or just not play up to expectations. But those are the gatekeepers uh, in terms of the Pacers being a top four seed in the East. They got to find a way to get enough wins to get past the Celtics or the Raptors. I don't think it happens. Uh, So, You know, I wouldn't necessarily make a play on the over underline for the Pacers this year just because it's close enough. Uh, And there's some question marks about Toronto and Boston. But, you know, I I get why uh, some folks uh, uh, look at it uh, from that perspective. Um, Boston and Toronto, uh, they're both at. uh, 48 and a half wins in terms of the over-under projections. I don't think either one of them hits it, but it's close enough that, again, I don't see enough valuation in taking that gamble of just saying, yeah, they're going to go under. I definitely think it's way too optimistic to go over, but I don't see enough uh, incentive there uh, to take uh, the under either. Which leads us to the top two picks. And both of these teams can win the NBA Finals. They're the only teams in the East that I think can win the NBA Finals. As much as people want to talk about the Celtics and, you know, how much better they're going to be without Kyrie, at the end of the day, the Celtics have a ceiling of the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's about it. They do not match up well with Milwaukee, and they don't match up well with the Sixers. Same goes for the Raptors. The Raptors can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, But they are dead in the water against the Raptors or the Sixers. And the problem is, is that, you know, best case scenario is hope for the Bucks or the uh, Sixers to uh, have some injuries this year. And that they end up dropping so that the Bucks and the Sixers end up pairing off uh, uh, in uh, uh, in the semifinals rather than the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario for both the Celtics and the Raptors is that they have to face either the Bucks or the 76ers in the semifinals because I think they're both drawing dead in the water. Now, between Milwaukee and the 76ers, who's going to get the overall top seed? My bet is on Milwaukee just from the standpoint of the Sixers losing Jimmy Butler... I think is going to have more of an impact on them than people realize. And the fact that J.J. Redick is also out of the building. The Sixers' lack of perimeter shooting could end up being the one thing that screws them over entirely. Because unless Ben Simmons work, consistently can hit a jump shot, the Sixers, I cannot see them beating the Bucks. I don't see it happening unless Ben Simmons has the confidence to at least attempt. It's like, I'm not even talking about Ben Simmons hitting a bunch of outside jump shots from 15, to 18 feet or dr- draining a couple of three-pointers. Ben Simmons has to at least shoot the ball to keep teams honest. That's the biggest thing that I see uh, coming out of all of this. So, in my opinion, where it comes down to the East is the Bucks should win the east with fifty six or fifty seven wins. Uh you know, the Vegas total again, fifty seven and a half wins uh for the Bucks. You know Philly the over under is fifty four and a half. I could take the over on Philly. I could I, I, I could I could do that. Um it's gonna be close so, it's like I'm not wager, I wouldn't wager a whole lot on that, but I can definitely see the Sixers winning 50 uh, 55 games. I see the Bucks closer to 57 58 wins, which not for nothing based off of how tight the west is going to be this year. The, the Bucks could have the overall number one uh overall top seed uh in both conferences based off of uh, record if things break right for them. So, I mean, in terms of winning the NBA Finals, I think both the Sixers and the Bucks have a better than 18, uh, 18% chance of winning the finals, which is uh, like going back to years past, like you, the East haven't, hasn't had a team with a chance of, uh, of winning the finals that high. I mean, you got to go back to the Heat. I mean, r- realistically, I know the Cavs, they always had chances of making the finals with LeBron, but no one really expected the Cavs to actually win the NBA Finals. They just expected them to get to the NBA Finals. Uh, Like We actually have to go back to the Miami Heat for an Eastern Conference team to even be close to a 20% chance of winning the NBA Finals. And to have two teams be that close of winning the NBA Finals? Yeah, that hasn't happened since the heyday of the Miami Heat And when uh, the Celtics had strong enough rosters uh, uh, with uh, Pierce, Garnett, and Ray Allen uh, to be in contention for that. So, it's been a while for the East. So, top of the East looks good. The rest of the East, pretty much a hodgepodge of, yeah, a few good teams and a bunch of really crappy teams. So, that's the Eastern Conference uh, breakdown uh, uh, for the season. Uh, we'll see how it, uh, the projections pan out. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's all I got for you uh, folks today. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll see when I can get to the Western Conference and uh, start talking about it. But uh, that's all for now. Uh, have a good one, folks, and uh, until the next time. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports.